We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, on a Friday, welcome in to the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. Got a fun edition of the huddle from last night with T. Rowe and myself. Plus, um, we'll get the uh, coaches show, too, in here. So, a little longer podcast, but we'll be commercial-free in both. So, the huddle where we hand out awards from the season that was for OU football. Then you'll hear from Sherry Cole and Lon Kruger. Uh, Also, one quick note, we are bringing back the Sooners for Life next week. You're going to hear from Whitney Hand. I'm excited about that. Jess and Whit go one-on-one. And then on Monday, a very special edition of our Hoops podcast as Austin Reeves joins us. Of course, Sooners have a big one Saturday night against Oklahoma State. Let's get after it. It's time for the huddle. And then Coach Kruger and Coach Cole here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on this Thursday night. It is time for the huddle. Over the course of the next two hours, we're talking OU Athletics. Next hour, Sooner Sports Talk Basketball Edition. Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole stopping by. Coach Kruger and his Sooners coming off a big win, a lopsided win on Tuesday night over TCU. They've got Bedlam coming up. Sherry's team is in the middle of a shutdown right yeah. now. They haven't played a game since we've last been together, so we've got some interesting things to talk about with her. That's next hour. This hour, though, is dedicated to OU football. We call it the huddle. It's brought to you by Bud Light. This is not Teddy Lehman. Please help <laughs> you, us welcome again Chris Plank. You couldn't everybody. tell? You couldn't tell with the pipes that it wasn't Teddy? You, 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 no, no, right. Teddy's back awesome. next week. Everybody calm down. He'll be back. But uh, I'm pumped to be here, man. I'm excited. We got awards to give out tonight? Yeah, is this, this is right? going to be a fun show. This is an interesting show tonight. I think you're going to enjoy it. It is our postseason award show for OU football. We're going to be giving out all kinds of offensive awards, 
you're going to be giving them a <laughs> defensive award. Put it on me. I like special it. Special teams, coaching. I may chime in once in a while and say you're crazy or right. something, but you we'll should. see. Uh, we got great video for you to look back on the year that it was, the 2020 Sooner football season. But we get to start with the national championship game. College football is officially over, and Alabama is the champion. They got it done against Ohio State on Monday night. Just like I called on uh, last Thursday night show, or Tuesday night show. Wait, Thursday. I think you picked Thursday. Ohio State. Wait, what? Do we have video of that? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, Trey Sermon went down on the second play of the game, and it was oh, over man. for Ohio State. Master T. Granwell, this is his touchdown run, but Ohio State blinked. You know, the Buckeyes blinked. They kicked the field goal near the end of the first half, and Boy, uh, Alabama never looked back, but this was, I mean, we're watching the fun part of this game right now, Toby. The first half of this game was yeah. fun until Back the final four minutes of the first half. That guy was unstoppable. The oh. Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. Alabama made a mistake, and right there you thought, hey, maybe the, maybe we got something. And, and Ohio State was able to cash in and make it 14-all, but they, at some point there they punted, and you can't do that against Alabama and the Crimson Tide. Rolled it up before halftime. Look at this play by Najee oh, Harris. Just ridiculous. I mean, Mac Jones, think about the embarrassment of riches that they had at, at Alabama. Mac Jones comes in off the bench. Uh, the, the the young kid, the quarterback, I'm, I'm turning into Teddy. He's not his name. It's the Bryce, young kid, Bryce, Bryce young. young. The backup quarterback was supposed to be the guy this year. And this dude comes in out of nowhere. And not only is throwing dimes to Devontae Smith, who's running wide open, but is a Heisman Trophy finalist. So uh, an impressive game plan. Yeah. Ohio State kept things pretty um, pretty by the book, and Oklahoma and Alabama just ran away from them. Yeah, you've got to admit they deserved it. They won them all. They looked really, really good doing so. Ohio State could not replicate that performance against Clemson in the semifinals. So Bama's your champion. Here's a look at the final AP poll. Bama 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson, Texas A&M moves up to 4. Notre Dame stays in front of OU. The Sooners at 6. Then you got Georgia, Cincy. Iowa State finishes 9. Rest of the Big 12, Texas at 19. Oklahoma State at 20. Anything make you angry here? Yeah, why are we not number 2? No, I'm kidding. Uh, in all seriousness, about what we thought, you know, uh, I guess I get too carried away about the way too early top 25s. Oh, we're going to look see. at those. Okay, yeah. all right. But on this front, hey, yeah, Oklahoma had probably the most impressive non-Final Four championship game performance in the Bulls. So I'll live with that for this offseason. It'll be fun. All right, let's take a look. So you get way too excited about the uh, way too early. This in the draft, look out. I'm uncontrollable. Well, let's see what people are saying out there about the uh, Sooners in the way too early rankings for next year here you go this is just OU rivals has them number one well rivals is very smart I have uh, <laughs> come to see on this front now I want to make this very clear and I say this with love these are really 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 dumb because there's no way that anybody can know what's going to happen in 2021 in September in the month of January sure. when has that ever stopped us though but you're right. I mean, this is what this Fun show is all at. about. Nah, this is what wait. our sports talk show and the podcast is all about. But I love it. And listen, uh, if you just look, this is CBSSports.com's, which is put out by, the, I think, Dennis Dodd is in the collaboration with him. That Oklahoma number two, DJ Uyunglele will take over at quarterback at Clemson. Georgia's going to have a new look at quarterback. And, uh, well, JT Daniels is back. Yeah. And then Alabama will have Bryce Young, we assume, 
at quarterback. But it's going to be interesting. Do you have a problem with this one? Our, our producer, Theron, has a problem with this one because Georgia's ahead of Alabama. Interesting. Well, Georgia's the offseason national champion every year, it seems like, right? right. They always have the, uh, the, the – last year it was Jamie Newman coming in from Wake Forest right. and never really materialized. So, yeah, I, if I was – The problem with Bama is we just don't know who – I mean, they're, they've got five-star talent. We just don't know their names yet. Right, and the I mean, coaching – They're, they're going to be up there. Coaching staff is going to look a lot different. I think my biggest concern in this one is, the LSU, years. is LSU at number eight. That, that kind of surprises me just a little bit. And you know what? It says a lot about what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State. State whenever you see these preseason conversations, T-Row, and Iowa State is there in the top, not 10, the top, you know, six. That, that's impressive to me. And I'm one of those people, I don't know how you feel about this, but I want the Big 12 to be good. I want whenever we're sure. having these debates heading into the playoffs, I want I want Oklahoma to be in a position where people are saying, oh, they're, they're getting fat off a, off a soft Big 12. I want people to say, Matt Campbell's got it rolling at Iowa State. They're playing well in, in Lubbock with Matt Wells and so on and so forth. So I want the Big 12 to be good. So when I see Iowa State up in that area, it makes me pretty excited. Championship highlights brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Let's talk about next year's Sooners team in the uh, you know in the broad sense. We're going to do that a lot between now and when. How many of these shows off. we have? We got a bunch. <laughs> But it just, you know, we're in the period right now where guys are declaring whether they're going or staying. Right. So the impact of that, and on the offensive side of the ball, uh, we know Kennedy Brooks is it coming back. Good. Lincoln Riley said so. Lincoln Riley said Kennedy and, and Jalen Redmond are back. Marquise Hayes on the offensive side coming back. There was a lot of departures. Ramondre going to the NFL draft. T.J. Pledger's transferred. Creed going to the draft. Charleston Adrian Rambo. Ely going to the draft. Charleston Rambo's going down to Miami. Tanner Mordecai and Chandler Morris have both uh, left as well. So let's just talk offense there. What stings? What excites you? Departures or returners? You know what? What stings for me personally is not to have more time with Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Because I felt like with DeMarco Murray's coaching and the way that he had kind of come together as, as a football player when he finally got eligible during the 2020 season was exciting. I mean, I watched these highlights from the Cotton Bowl. The, and you and I talked about it quite a bit. I felt like as, as the season progressed, we had a chance to talk to Ramondre a lot, Toby, in the postgame show. And I think all of us were just almost jaw-dropped with how he had improved in his escapability and his maneuverability. I mean, whenever he was here last season, you kind of thought, oh, he just runs people over. But he became a guy that could run around you and run away from you. So that one stings for me just a little bit. And I, I kind of pause it and I stop and I think, okay, so that stinks that Ramondre Stevenson is gone. But looks like Kennedy Brooks is coming back, as you mentioned. Marcus Major impressed us all. Sure. Uh, had a I great mean, Cotton Bowl. Seth McGowan had a really, yeah. really nice Cotton Bowl. And there had been flashes this season. And you never know what happens in the transfer portal. It's become like the third phase of recruiting almost. So I, I'm really excited about DeMarco Murray leading that position. But I just I wanted a little bit more time with Ramondre. I'm happy he's going to the NFL. I hope he ends up getting drafted, you know, as high as a third. But I don't know if that's going to happen for him because there's there's only one running back. For, oh no, draft talk. Can we start <laughs> this okay. out there? Wind him up, everybody. Right Wind but him up. As it stands right now, there's one running back projected to go in the first round, and that's Najee Harris. And there's not a running back projected to go in the second round. So it's not necessarily a draft where running backs are going to be valued, or that there's a lot of, um, I, I guess, perceived game-changing talent. 
Ramondre, to me, is a guy now that when he gets to that next level, I think he'll continue to improve because he'll have more time. Hope they can add some depth at the running uh, at the running back position. Be interesting to see what they do with Mikey Henderson because there's uh, a guy who could be a running back if you right. want him to just be a running back. That might be your answer there to add to those other guys and and um, you know Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss and oh, Jaden yeah. Hazelwood, Marvin Mims and and some new guys they got coming in this year. They're loaded at the wide. I want to throw one more guy that I am going to miss though, Adrian Ely. Because yeah. he really became a spokesperson at times this year. He did a lot of the, the media availabilities. And uh, you, you saw his confidence grow. I know that his commitment video made the rounds uh, today on Twitter. And I forgot how creative <laughs> that was. But, you know, the, the crazy thing about an offensive lineman is you, if they're doing their job, you don't hear their name a lot. And I don't felt like we heard Adrian Ely's name a lot this season, which is good. So... You think about the future on the offensive line. Eric Swenson is coming back. Anton Harrison looked good. Andrew Rames got an opportunity where he can play a lot of positions. But just you, you want more time with a guy like Adrian Ely, too, because he really looked good. All right, we won't linger here. But defensively, and we'll talk more about this going on, uh, looks like Perrion Winfrey, Nick Benito coming back, Isaiah Thomas. Hopefully they lose Ronnie Perkins to the draft. Trey Brown, Trey Norwood. John Michael Terry ends up in uh, your old stomping ground. 9 baby. Up there in Tulsa. So the ramifications of that, we'll continue to keep an eye on it. NFL Draft Decision Day is coming up, and we'll talk more about that coming up. Was major news this week, though, when Bob Stoops was announced as a first ballot inductee into the College Football Hall of Fame. Not a surprise, but nevertheless, fantastic news when it became official. You know, on the Sooner Sports Podcast's most recent edition, which you can download at Soonersports.com slash podcast. You brought up just the unselfish nature of Bob Stoops. If I was a Hall of Famer and I'd won a national title and had had the embarrassment of riches, and I mean that in a good way that Bob Stoops had had, my head would be so big you couldn't fit me through this door <laughs> right now. But what, what does Bob Stoops do? He gives all the credit to his players, talks a lot about the assistant coaches, and when called upon, what's he doing? He's out on the practice field wearing a headset, yep. getting the defense ready for a showdown with Baylor. He's just special, man. It's an incredible uh, and worthy acknowledgement for a great man. Sat right there in that chair yes, he for did. years and years here at Rudy's. Signed a lot of autographs here. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly did. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So congratulations to Coach Stoops. Obviously, well-deserved. We knew you were a Hall of Famer a long time ago. Never doubt. Now everybody does for sure. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's. Bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Toby and Chris back with you at Rudy's on this Thursday night. You're watching the huddle, and it's time to give out our postseason awards now. We'll start on the offensive side. This is brought to you by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel. Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooner fans, don't get past. 
get Pike Pass. Quarterback, pretty easy, easy I think. Chris, I'm going to tee you up, <laughs> and you decide who. We, I feel like we should have worn tuxedos. That's right. For That's right. We, we matched. You, uh, we did uh, without trying, but uh, I'm assuming you're going with number seven here for your quarterback of the year. I've really enjoyed watching this kid play. Spencer Rattler was, well, I mean, there's no other way to put it. He was benched. And on the, the first half of the Texas game, Lincoln Riley, I think some fans kind of joked, put him in timeout. And what did he do? Did he pout? Did he sulk? No, he went out and found another level. And every game, Toby, I mean, here's a kid that's a redshirt freshman and did every interview in the good and the bad and would really find another level, I think, of consistency with his receivers as the season progressed. So, I mean, I, I could spend the rest of this show talking about my excitement. Of, I wish he would have got down there about my excitement level for how Spencer developed as a quarterback. But I mean, this is this is the easiest award we get to give away tonight, which is the quarterback. And that's what Spencer did this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, the talent we knew he had when he got here, it throws a great deep ball, the back shoulder, the touch passes. It was uh, the way he handled himself, I think, was the most sure. impressive things to me. We didn't know that. We had seen the show on Netflix or whatever it was on beforehand and kind of worried about that a little bit. Wasn't an issue. He no. was tremendous all year long. What, all right, let's, what do they say? The extension of the coach on the field. He became that this yeah, year. He, 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 yeah, I think the relationship between Lincoln Riley and Spencer Rattler grew as the year went along, and you could tell yep. on the field. What about running back? Well, there, there's candidates here, which is nice because – at times, Seth McGowan looked great. At times, Marcus Major looked great. But listen, it was, it's Ramondre, right? As soon as he came into the Sooner lineup this season, Oklahoma found a different level. And, uh, you know, I brought this up in the opening segment talking about, you know, the frustration over him turning pro. And I don't mean that in a negative way. You just were greedy, man. We want more time with Ramondre. <laughs> but, you know, from Ram Bam to the shirt on back, he, he, he was fun. And you saw it not just in what he was doing on the field, Toby, but his commitment off the field, too. And I think I think what what's awesome about this is the best Ramondre is still to come. And I think if I'm an NFL team, trying not to get into draft talk here, Theron, but if I'm an NFL team, that excites me. But looking back on 2020, T-Row, I felt like they found a different level whenever he became eligible. Well, we hoped when he rejoined the team in Lubbock that he would be a difference maker. We thought he might be. And we were right. I mean, in a big-time <laughs> way. The rest of the year, they were uh, a much better team with Ramondre Stevenson there to make the defense be honest and respect that running game for sure. All right, now it gets a little harder. Let's move to the offensive line. I got some nominees for you okay. on the offensive line. Creed Humphrey, of course, in the middle. Marquise Hayes at guard. Adrian Ely at tackle. Those are your nominees for O-Lineman of the Year. Chris Plank, I think I know where you're going to go here, but go ahead. Oh, captain, my captain. you got to <laughs> go with Creed Humphrey here, right? Listen, if there's one thing that I've learned from working with Gabe Eichert for the better part of the last three or four years is this all starts in the middle. And, you know, Creed Humphrey was challenged by Bill Beanbow and then in that Lincoln Riley to become more of a leader. And I, I don't know. Maybe if you were to ask Creed I don't think he was happy with the totality of the 2019 season. But, Toby, he came into 2020, felt a little bit more comfortable having two guys in Marquis Hayes and Tyrese Robinson around him that had worked in the interior. And I just – I felt like I saw a more outspoken, a more um, focused leader. And, by the way, he was flat-out dominating dudes in the middle. 
Now, his big challenge is coming up in the Senior Bowl. He's going to go up against the best defensive tackles and interior defensive linemen that he's seen. But to me, what I saw in 2020, listen, this was in another incredible performance from the Shawnee native. Gabe says he's the best center in OU history. Wow. And he never gave up a sack in his career. Let's move to pass catchers. We word it like that on purpose. It's not just wide receivers. This includes the tight ends, perhaps the H-backs as well. Your nominees for pass catcher of the year, Chris, Marvin Mims, Austin Stogner, Theo Weiss. Who you got? I'm going with Stog. I'm going with Stogkowski on this one, and here's why. Because I felt like once he got dinged up against Kansas, the offense struggled a little bit throwing the football. And he was not 100% after that game, so this is maybe a little bit unfair. But I felt like he became, he became more than just the security blanket. He was the go-to guy for Spencer Rattler. So this is probably the most controversial of my selections and pass catcher of the year. But as impressed as I as I was with Theo and Marvin and, you know, you can add Jane Hazelwood coming back off the injury, Braden Wills who battled through injuries. I just thought he was the best whenever he was in, on the field for the Sooners. I might, I might debate this one with you. Go ahead. I, uh, I, his value, Austin Stogner's value unquestioned, but because he missed so much time, I might make a case for Marvin Mims. And, uh, you know, he set the rookie record this year from game one through the Cotton Bowl. He was spectacular for him. So I would I would cast my ballot for Marvin Mim. You know, the great part of this is that I could turn around and say, well, I would cast my ballot for Theo Wees. You already, <laughs> you know, ballot. I already have my ballot again. again. So and that shows you yeah. the depth of what Dennis Simmons, Kel Gundy, and Coach Riley have been able to do. All right, let's move on. Let's go to Offensive Rookie of the Year. Three candidates for you here. Seth McGowan, Marvin Mims again, Mikey Henderson. All M's. Mims, McGowan, Mikey. Who you got? Well, if you set a record, you got to win, right? Marvin Mims set the rookie record for the most touchdown yeah, reception. Right. A freshman record for the most touchdown receptions for a Sooner. So let's go with Marvin Mims. And we finally got a chance to talk to Marvin in the post game of the Cotton Bowl. And he was He's fun. Awesome. So I'm very excited about the future for Look Marvin Mims. And I forgot about that. That might have been one of the best catches of the season. I think he got dinged up yeah, this year. Did. I don't think he was ever truly 100% until the latter part of the season. And whenever you saw him find that other level, he's pretty beyond special. No, well, we've seen some spectacular plays there. Let's name the best now. Uh -oh. The play of the year on offense. I got three nominees for you. At the bottom You've got the touchdown in the fourth overtime to Drake Stoops. That ended up being the game winner. Uh, top left, you've got the godfather. Remember the trick play right. that they ran against Oklahoma State. And the top right, Ramondre Stevenson's amazing run in the Cotton Bowl against Florida. What's your play of the year on offense? Now, I could go Homer because I felt like I had a pretty good call on that you, Cotton you Bowl. You did, yes. But this was maybe arguably one of my favorite calls of the year, and not just what Lincoln Riley did, but, Toby, you were never perplexed on this at all. If you guys go back and listen to the radio call, you had it from snap to pitch to touchdown, and it just – I just set the Oklahoma fans uh, to, to a completely different level. And to me, it kind of – the intrigue of where it, where it started and where they had tried it before and how it hadn't worked and how it hadn't worked in practice against the defense and whoever shot this camera angle right here. Well done. Oh, my. Yeah. It's, and then when Lincoln – 
whenever oh was that Theron? Good job, Theron. Uh, whenever Lincoln told us he called it the Godfather. Come on, T Road's got a name. <laughs> it's got a name. Let's go. Yeah, any any play a trick play that's got a name <laughs> has to be. I mean, the Ramondre run was unbelievable effort, but I mean, this is a play right it, here. I mean, this is one that you scribble on the back absolutely. of a napkin and, and then you give it a name and it lives in, in uh, legacy. Is there anything so I, I had that one game that I got to call the Cotton Bowl. Is there anything cooler whenever you're in the middle of a call and all of a sudden Teddy Lehman says something like, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so for me, whenever he did that on the Ramondre run, you're like, OK, that was a but great uh, run. even even uh, the Godfather. Come on, it's got a name. So it wins. Finally, for offense, we need an MVP. We've uh, we've given a lot of uh, positional awards, but who was the most valuable player of the OU offense this year? Spencer Rattler, Ramondre Stevenson, or Creed Humphrey? I I forgot who I told Theron that I picked on this one, but I I think I would have to go with Spencer, right? If you really thank you, Theron. Spencer Rattler is my pick. <laughs> well, I, and honestly, it's one of those situations where we gave three choices here. You can't go wrong with any of the three, to be honest with you. And I think you could add four, five, or six more. You could throw a coach or two in there if you want with the job Coach Riley did and how he handled Spencer Rattler. But I mean, I'm, look at that. I mean, just come on. The energy, the the elusive, the elusive nature, the playmaking ability, Toby. I, I said it earlier when talking about his performance as a quarterback. Just as a team leader, it gets you so fired up for the future of this program. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Riverwind. Still the one. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Huddle. You're watching the Huddle brought to you by Bud Light. We're giving out our postseason Sooner Awards tonight, and we just did an offense. Let's talk defense now. Brought to you by Riverwind. Still the one. We'll go position by position, just, just like we did on the offensive side of the ball. Let's start with, uh, in honor of Teddy, there you let's go. start with the linebackers. I got nominees for you for the linebacker of the year for OU. David Aguebu. Brian Osamoa, and it's supposed to be Nick Benito. I think we've got some Isaiah Thomas video rolling there, but Nick this Benito is unfair the other to have Benito in as a linebacker, right? Hey, he's a hard one to. Yeah, he's a tough. You got to put out. him somewhere. I would never question Theron Smith, though. He's the man, even if he is a Titan fan. I'm going with <laughs> Brian Osamoa, and this is a little bit of a homer pick because I have thoroughly enjoyed watching him develop as a leader in both his play on the field and his talk off the field. Toby, this is a guy that uh, want, want to play this game. I think he's a captain next year. I think, I think I Brian, can see that for sure. I think, I think Brian Osamo is, is at a point where he can be a captain next year. And that's I'll next to, week's show. We'll predict the captains <laughs> for next season. By, by the way, just his hands and everything that he does, uh, a freak athlete, a first guy off the bus nominee, and, Toby, I know Teddy talks about it a lot, a guy that took advantage of an opportunity. He saw an opportunity there in front of him. He has freakish athletic ability, and we're starting to see what he can truly be. All right, let's move on to the defensive line, which uh, arguably, maybe not arguably, was OU's strongest position anywhere on the field this year. We've got a great trio of nominees. There's IT. Uh, there's Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, Perrion Winfrey, and Ronnie Perkins. You can't go wrong. No. Who's your uh, D lineman? Can, I just, of the can year? I just take all three? All of them. 
But, I mean, to me, I thought the development of Isaiah Thomas was the big difference maker this year. Some might say, Plank, it's just because he's the first Memorial Charger. <laughs> That's a Sooner since the 1970s. But, I mean... I think it's the first 918 you've given an award to tonight. There so you I'm go. Give you a That's right. I don't that. know. I think I might pick Trey Brown later, so keep an ear open for that. But, no, I, where did this come from, right? Yeah. I mean, if this was, and I say this with all respect to Isaiah Thomas, but this was a guy that hadn't really had a ton of opportunities and I, I know – was a track guy coming out of high school. And that's kind of what caught Oklahoma's eye when they started recruiting him. But what couldn't he do? He played outside. He played inside. He was just, he was a game plan wrecker this year. For he the went from just a guy. I mean, you know, <laughs> yep. a nice player, but just a guy to a star. Yep. And should have been the big 12 defensive player of the year this year, in my opinion. I like this award. Trey of the year. <laughs> You're going Brown or Norwood? Um, oh, let me check and see which direction well, I let went. Me, let me set this up for Go you because Trey Brown had maybe the two biggest picks of the year. He clinched the OU Texas game. He clinched the Big 12 championship game. Right. Trey Norwood had five interceptions. Right including one in the Cotton Bowl. So who's your trade Which of the year? Which is why I went with Norwood. I mean, it just <laughs> – to me, I, I'm glad that Theron's showing these highlights from Tech because I felt like this was the moment when we went to Lubbock. You know, we're coming off – listen to me. We – this team is coming off, you know, a couple of uh, very challenging weeks, you know, pushed uh, – overtime against Texas, had the tough loss against Iowa State, and then they went down to Texas Tech and just took over that game from the start, had the big-time play in the Cotton Bowl, look at him just read the route, and just a guy that I, I think falls into that category that I think I want another year with, right? You, you want to see him come back for another season. He's going to go to the Reese's Senior Bowl, have an opportunity to really showcase his skills. But, Toby, I think this is one of my favorite debates we have because you can't yep. go wrong with either one. I'll take Trey Brown. I, I argued with you once on the offensive side. I'll argue with you here. I love Trey Norwood. But when it comes to just being clutch in the biggest moments, this guy didn't just do it this year. He did it his whole career. You look back at the, uh, the sack for the safety against Sam Ellinger a couple of years back. He runs down Chris Platt in the Big 12 championship game last year. This year, of course, has the game clincher against Texas, like we that mentioned, play. and against Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. Also, he had two huge kickoff returns in the Big 12 championship game. C cannot so I'll be go underappreciated. Great point. Cannot be underappreciated what he did on special teams. How about your defensive rookie of the year? Boy, this is... This is another tough one because I think you've got a lot of different options on this front with what Perion Winfrey was able to do here in 2020. I mean, to me, you know, Winfrey was a, a little bit of everywhere. So in my in my mind, though, you got to go with the freshman DJ Graham. And I know that this is tough. And, and when we're looking at rookie, it's unfair because Perion Winfrey is a Juco transfer. But DJ Graham, Toby. If you go back to that final drive against Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game, who's on the field at that point? Now, I know Trey Brown was a little bit dinged up, but that guy was. Yeah. DJ Graham was on the field. He's not afraid to stick his helmet in there and make a shot on a wide receiver like that. <laughs> so I'm really and, – and this was the guy – I've got to be honest with you. Early in the season when I saw, when I saw the corners on the sidelines talking with, um, uh, with, with the defensive coaches, I didn't think there was any way that DJ Graham was going to see the field. 
I thought he was a guy that was kind of in the mix to learn and, and educate themselves. And Joshua Eaton was going to be a guy we see a lot of. And then out of nowhere, I mean, DJ Graham just emerged. And I'm excited for his future. He made a, he made a great adjustment and improvement throughout the season. I think if you were going to make an argument there, it would be the guy on the other corner, Woody Washington. Yeah, he was great, Played too. a little bit last year. But this was his redshirt freshman season. He got in the Peach Bowl last year. But this was his redshirt freshman season. But I have no argument with DJ Graham. All right, how about your defensive play of the year? We've mentioned a couple of them already. You've got the Trey Brown pick to seal the four-overtime win over Texas. You've got the Trey Brown pick top left there that sealed the Big 12 championship game. You've got David Agwebu's incredible <laughs> interception in Bedlam where he deflected the pass and intercepted it all in one motion. And then you got Trey Norwood with the pick in the Cotton Bowl. What you got? I'm not a knee-jerked on this one, but I went with the, the Aguebu pick just because of how you described it when we thought when we talked about it the, the next Monday. I on think our it's radio one of the shows. greatest defensive plays in the history of Owen Field. That's what sold me. Yeah. I don't know how he caught it. I st I still I've watched that replay a thousand times. Tip and where did he come from? First of all, to make the play, and then immediately fists up. Let's go. I, I, I'm still in awe, and it, it basically at that point eliminated all hope yeah. for Oklahoma State, just kind of knocked them out of contention. So I love this play. I could watch it all day long. <laughs> I mean, the athleticism at six foot four to be able to, in one motion, deflect a pass, come down, leap, and catch it was incredible. Wow. All of those worthy nominees. How about your defensive MVP? We've got three nominees, final category here, Isaiah Thomas, Nick Benito, Ronnie Perkins. We're sticking around that defensive line. Yeah, and I feel bad because I haven't included Ronnie Perkins on anything yet, and I haven't talked about Nick Benito, but I still keep going back to Isaiah Thomas. Toby, he lived in the backfield all season long, and he was there from start to finish. Every play, I... The only time he missed a couple snaps was finally in that, what, quadruple overtime against Texas. And he was ready to go back in in that next play. So, you know, I just – there's there's something about a guy and, – and it falls in line with some sooner defensive linemen, pass rushers of years past. You think about the Jeremy Beals, the Eric Strikers, the Oba Okronkos that – maybe don't make a monstrous impact their first or second season, but when they come on, they come on. And I thought that was this season for Isaiah Thomas. All right, very good. I got no argument there either. Nick Benito. Benito. Nick Benito had an All-American season. We didn't else. give him an award tonight. PFF number one pass rusher in college football. Ronnie Perkins might have been the most disruptive player in the Big 12. We didn't give him an award And either. he's on the all-interview team. It's pretty. You know what that says? I mean, that says that this defense has come a long ways when there's guys of that caliber caliber that we didn't talk yeah. about enough all right we got a few more categories for you when we come back into the show we're talking some nfl playoffs as well you're watching the huddle we want to thank all of our sooner radio network affiliates across the state and region fans can check out SoonerSports.com for an affiliate in your area and if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. 
Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively. It's the awards show tonight. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. You're watching the huddle. A few more awards to give away. This segment brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information. Let's do some specialty categories okay. now, Chris. Down. We've done offense. We've done defense. Who's your comeback player of the year for OU? Oh, this is tough because I do think there's a lot of different candidates on this front. You, I mean, is, could you say a redshirt freshman would be a comeback player of the year for the Sooners this year? Probably not. Um, Isaiah Thomas has got to be that guy, right? When you start thinking about players that you didn't hear a lot about throughout the season last year who had come back out of nowhere. But... I do think in the end, the award has to go to Trey Norwood because here's a guy that went through a season-ending injury last year. Missed how many practices this year? Uh, well, the, the, reportedly he went 28 straight days where he went from contact trace to contact trace. You know, and, and I but think you, I don't know if that was you could throw a guy like Osamoah, Benito, but to me, when you miss a season because of an injury, and especially when you were counted upon as much as we thought and perceived Trey Norwood would be counted upon last year. And to see the impact that he made whenever he got that opportunity this year. Yeah, Toby, I'm I'm all in on Trey Norwood as being the comeback player of the year. For the I, I don't think there's any doubt it's you've tough. got the yep. right guy. Pretty cool what Jaden Hazelwood did to even get back on the field yep. this season. But for Trey Norwood to come back and make the kind of impact he did this season, one of the real feel-good stories for the Sooner football so team. So is the early season favorite for this in 2021, Caleb Kelly, then? If Caleb <laughs> Kelly can come back and be an impact player, he might be the comeback player of the decade. Of the millennium, if that could be possible. How about your special teams play of the year? Oh, man. I, I think we even have your call on this one, don't we? Is that, is that how impressive it is? Don't allow me to lay it out for you. Let Toby right. Rowland tell you the special teams. Sound of well, the first half so far today. Bushevsky. Oh! It's blocked! Rolling around at the seven, and it's picked up. Aguaybu got it. It'll be first and goal. Uh, is there anything better when Teddy Lehman drops an oh <laughs> in the middle of something? Aguaybu's block, and then to have the presence of mind to get on it. If he had one more step, he might have been celebrating in the end zone. I don't know how long this video follows, but the embrace between he and Shane Beamer is, is one of those moments that it's why we do what we do. You know, just that yeah. pure excitement to see the difference that he was able to make, not just this season, but in that game and in that moment. We had a blocked field goal from Perrion Winfrey on yep. special teams. We mentioned earlier the two big kickoff returns in the Big 12 championship game by Trey Brown. Didn't go for touchdowns or big. Uh, Gabe Burkich, I thought, had another fantastic yep. year. Didn't make every one this year, but he, he knocked through a couple 50-plus-yard field goals. How about your uh, breakout player of the year? Well, I think you would kind of call me out for not having any kind of love for Nick Benito yet. <laughs> and, yes, Marvin Mims had himself a record-setting season, and I am contradicting myself it's if Benito? I go against someone who broke a record. It was Benito! <laughs> Sorry for everyone trying to eat here at Rudy's. But, I mean, we, we brought up the numbers last segment. Number one, according to Pro Football Focus, for edge rushers in college football. 
And, you know, this was a game we're, we're watching right now highlights of the Kansas game. And, Toby, they made him a spy. And yeah. he just he, he'll get in that interior on the defensive line position as a spy. I think he's got great energy. He wears 11 because he's a Stranger Things fan. And that's who the star 11. Yeah, of a, of Stranger Things is 11. That was and heartbreaking for Teddy this year. That, that, was. that was the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I and I think he's going to have an incredible season next year with some great talent around him at that end spot. I, I, I know John Michael Terry's moved on to the 918 Ronnie Perkins to the NFL. But Marcus Stripling is back. Isaiah Thomas had played some edge. He's back. Think about the two young guys that they're bringing in. I mean, Reggie Grimes. So I'm really excited about Benito's 2021. Yeah, he was phenomenal this year. I think you've got a good one right there. How about our uh, assistant? Is that where we're at? Oh, game of the year. I'm sorry. Game of the year now. You got the Texas four overtime thriller, Bedlam, Big 12 championship game or Cotton Bowl? Um, I went with Texas and I, I again, this is another one of those conversations where I don't think you can go wrong. Bedlam it was went the, four overtimes, Chris. Right. Bedlam was probably the, the best energy at a game. But I, I okay, I, I think my favorite story look at those the crowd over in the corner of the end zone, those Texas fans. Yeah. This is a story that no one really talks about because maybe you don't care. But those fans trying to come to the other side <laughs> whenever we were down on the other end in overtime yeah. and seeing Zach Selman and the uh, and Josie and all of the security that was like, hey, they can't do that. I mean, just everything around this game, even being limited capacity, was so special. And I felt like it really kind of set the tone, T-Row, for this second half slash late season surge that the Sooners had. I mean, the game goes four overtimes. It's an epic game. I don't know if it's the best game that OU played. Played this year, but it was the best football game that we were involved in this oh, year. Oh, and and how about the finish? You know, not only to have uh, the block field goal, and then the Sooners kicked the field goal, and Gabe Burkich, who, I mean, is just money all season long, is unable to find the middle of the uprights. And then in that moment, oh, no, we got to relive this. Poor Gabe. Oh, poor Why Gabe. do we put this on the highlights? Sorry, for? Gabe. Sorry, but Gabe. Then when you see the Sooners, the big play is made by what? A Stoops? You're telling me a Stoops made a big play in the Cotton Bowl? Let's go. And you brought it up about Trey Brown sealing the deal in this game. I just, I remember all I did was stand on the sidelines and give reports for you and the Sooner Nation. And I was gassed. I was emotional after this game. I can't imagine what it was like for these players. All right, we got one, one more category. How about your assistant coach of the year? I, I Can I? stay not getting in trouble and pick all of them no you got to pick one okay okay um alex you gotta make enemies alex grinch i mean i think that's the right answer probably right. Uh, now if you wanted to boil it down and say boy that defensive line Ooh, really came on Tibbs this year and kane, that's a good point Thibodeau and kane but i mean the pressure was on grinch this year they had the great season last season but the bowl game didn't go the way you hoped so you wanted to see whether they could follow it up this year defensively. Boy, they did. They started getting the takeaways in bunches. Then they put the exclamation point on it with how they played against Florida in the Cotton Bowl. I think Alex Grinch is the right answer. Yeah, and, you know, again, you could go with every single position from corner to inside backers, outside backers. And what are we talking about? Defense. You know, every single one of these coaches. And yeah. it's not anything negative about the offense, but it's just – that's the job that they did from Roy Manning to Brian Odom to obviously Jamar Kane coming in with the outside backers Tibbs, but it was all under the umbrella 
of Alex Grinch. And I think Speed D was the winner this year. All right, we got one more segment of the huddle. We got uh, Sooner Sports Talk with Lon Kruger and Sherry Cole coming up in just a bit. We got one more segment of this show. We're going to talk NFL playoffs. And when we come back, that four overtime thriller against Texas, we'll relive it with you. You're watching the huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Stay with us. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Venerable Cotton Bowl. As we are getting set for the latest and unquestionably oddest matchup of this border war between the crimson and cream from the north and the burnt orange from the south. The Sooners need it. The Longhorns need it. Here we go. And we're underway from South Dallas. What a day. That'll never get old. It's our last segment. Let's talk a little NFL before we get out of here. What a matchup we have in Kansas City on Sunday afternoon. Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes again. I think they've uh, squared off before. Well, yeah, it's happened. Yeah. <laughs> what a year for the Browns. I mean, I mean, I'm not bringing this up because I'm a bitter Raiders fan, but ever since they lost Odell Beckham Jr. and got beat by the Raiders in Cleveland, Toby, they've been a different team. Yeah, they've been They're great. The- they're in the playoffs for the first time since 94. Uh, in fact, it, it, we're looking back on the highlights from that 2016 game. Here's my favorite little nugget. The last time the Browns won a playoff game, they beat the Patriots. The Browns head coach at the time was Bill Belichick. His defensive coordinator was Nick Saban. 
So that shows you how long it's been. Patriots head coach. Exactly. Since the Browns won a playoff game. Bill Parcells. How special was that, man? Um, That that Saturday in Lubbock is one we'll never forget. And look at this. A lot of big names from the Sooners still alive in the playoffs. It's not just Baker that's still around. I mean, the Ravens are loaded with Sooners. Mark Andrews, Hollywood, Orlando Brown, and Ben Powers. Darrell Williams will be on the other side of that matchup up in Buffalo. So uh, Sooners very well re- represented. Oboe still alive as well. Out Bobby with the Evans Rams. starting on their offensive lines. Right. Bobby started every game so far this year. So let's um, make some picks. You want to pick the NFL? Usually we pick college games. Do I mean? Come on, let's go. We let's got do it. Four uh, games. Who you got in that Browns Chiefs? I game? got the Browns. Wow, really? Chiefs in have been Kansas living City. dangerously. Living dangerously, Chief fans. They uh, <laughs> uh, Listen, the Chiefs are incredible so far this season. But, yeah. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. said don't be surprised if they win the game. So I got to listen to Odell. I'm rooting for the Browns. <laughs> but I think the Chiefs are going to win the game. Yeah, they're a really good. Ravens team. and Bills, the other AFC game in Buffalo. Okay, here's my, here's my note for the weekend. Do you know what team gives up the most yards to tight ends in the NFL this season? I do. It is uh, – no, I'm thinking of Alabama because I heard it's, that stat in the college right, football. It's team. the Buffalo Bills. Oh, okay. So, in other words – So, Mark Andrews is going to go big. Ding, huh? ding, ding. So you're I picking th- the Ravens? I, for some reason, picked the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. So, I've got to die on that hill here, I guess. I mean, L- Lamar Jackson got the monkey off his back last yep. week. Wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I think they're going to win. I'm going to pick though, the Ravens as well. Though him – uh, concerning himself about snow on a Tuesday is a little bit of an issue for a Saturday night I game. I was high on Buffalo going to the Super Bowl until I saw him play Indy, which I'm a Colts fan, and they didn't look great. Indy should have won that game. I think Baltimore's going to go in there and beat them. All right, NFC, we've got the uh, History Channel showdown between the old men, <laughs> Tom Brady, and uh, the Saints, Drew Brees, Bucks and Saints. Who you got? Uh, I, first time they've ever met each other in a game. How about that? And Purdue and Michigan, they never played each other, at least when they those two That's were there. That's amazing Crazy, stat. right? I'll take the Saints because I love what Dennis Allen is doing defensively for him. I am not a Tom Brady fan, <laughs> but I learned a long time ago, do not pick against him. <laughs> I think the Buccaneers. You went with the Buccaneers? I think the Buccaneers are going to win Oh, my game. gosh. Are you okay? No, I don't like them, but I, th- I do not pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs. I am shocked it is a right rule. now. What about the Rams and Packers in Green Bay? Got to go against Oboe. Sorry, uh, Oboe. Sorry, Bobby Evans. Love Aaron Rodgers and the way they're playing right now. Though I think it's going to be a dogfight, especially if Aaron Donald can go, which it looks like he will. I'll take the Packers in a close game. You got a team from Los Angeles going <laughs> go into Wisconsin Green in Bay. January, and Aaron Rodgers is on the other side. I'll take the Packers as well. That was a fun show. Nice job uh, on all the Thanks, awards. Dude. I'm sure you made somebody angry oh, tonight. I'm ready for it. Bring but, it. Well, I yeah, know you e- on the air on Twitter. Email, Let's go. Email uh, Chris Plank at Chris <laughs> Mel- ChrisPlank.com. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Stick around. We got the basketball show coming up with Lon and Sherry next. Boomer Sooner, everybody. On the Sooner Sports Network from Learfield IMG College, this is Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Bud Light, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. And by Rudy's, proud home of Sooner Sports Talk. Cut off, step back, three ball up, got it! Wow! Live at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Here is your host, the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland.
everybody. Welcome to Sooner Sports Talk. We're live at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. I'm Toby Rowland. Over the next hour, we're talking OU basketball. Sherry Cole alongside at the bottom of the hour. Interesting conversation with her, I'm sure, coming up. They haven't played a game since we were last together because of COVID protocol. So we'll see exactly how that all went down and anticipate the upcoming game against Iowa State. But right now, let's talk men's hoops, and we welcome in the head coach of the Sooners, Lon Kruger, everybody. Howdy, coach. Toby, good evening. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you tonight, sir? Well, it's uh, like, like Cherry's dealing with. You know, everyone's uh, on pins and needles uh, for every ball game. So anytime you can play, you feel good about that. But, uh, you know, every game we're testing a couple days prior. And uh, if we get no positive tests and we get to play, if our opponent gets no positive tests, we get to play. But that's the nature of the COVID season. And, uh, and you have to deal with it. And our guys are doing a pretty good job of that. Boy, it's not to be taken for granted. We've seen West Virginia, I think three consecutive games now they've had to postpone because of COVID. So you're right. It's just hold your breath every test, isn't it? Well, it really is. You know, and it's something our guys have, uh, I guess, grown a, a little bit accustomed to. But uh, we keep telling them every day that, uh, you know, we can't relax. You know, you, you've done a great job. Uh, and yet, you know, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. And it wears on them. But uh, they appreciate the opportunity to play and uh and uh, every game is very special. You know, people think, well, it's just a game or it's just two games. But to a college player, uh, each one of those are, are like gold. And when you have to take one away, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough on them. It really is. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Let's start there, Coach, before we get into the highlights. You didn't have Brady Manick or Jalen Hill this week for both games because of COVID protocols. What's the latest on that front? Yeah, we're anxious to get those guys back. Uh, Jalen uh, was back for practice today. You know, he was dinged with the contact tracing, so he's not out quite as long as Brady. We won't get Brady back until, uh, you know, uh, early next week if everything goes uh, according to schedule. So uh, uh, good to have him back. Good to get uh, Jalen back today. Uh, he was excited to be there. And it's really tough, you know, the, the guys that test positive, as you know, you know, some have symptoms, some don't. Brady had mild symptoms. And uh, he's uh, now doing fine. But the ones that really you hurt for, you know, you hurt for everyone that misses a game. But the contact tracing guys are feeling normal. I mean, yeah. absolutely normal. And they're having to sit there and watch and, and feel good. I was talking to Bruce Weber today uh, at uh, Kansas State. And he's got a player that's been dinged three different times oh. with contact tracing. So through no, no ill feelings, no symptoms at all, he's had to sit out. And the first time or two, it was 14 days, uh, and now it's been reduced to seven. So he's had to sit out three different times, and he's been totally healthy. So that's really tough on uh, on those folks. That's so frustrating. It's <laughs> got to be just pull your hair out stuff. Yeah, well, your team played great this week despite that. Let's start with the game on Tuesday night against TCU. Back home in the Lloyd Noble Center, you beat the Frogs down in early December at their place, going for the season sweep and – Coach, this might have been your best 40 minutes of basketball this year. It could have been. It, it, it definitely, uh, I think, was defensively. It was really good at, at Kansas as well, defensively. But I thought this game uh, was even, you know, a step up. I think these guys are getting a better feel for what it takes, uh, for how physical the game is. I think they're making progress uh, every day in practice and certainly game to game. So, uh, yeah, excited about where they're at right now. And uh, we just have to keep getting better. You were able to separate... Uh, before halftime, you had a, 
uh, lead going into the locker room, but there was no letdown coming out of the locker room, Coach, and you were able to really put it away here early second half. Yeah, I'm very pleased with the way they opened the second half. You know, when you got a 12-point lead at halftime, there's a little tendency to, to maybe think each possession is not quite as important, and our guys didn't have that attitude at all. They came out very focused, very uh, very solid defensively, and uh, moved the ball well offensively, and there are a couple steals by Alondis uh, turned into points, which is great to see. Boy, that's really one of the storylines for you right now is your ability to turn teams over and turn that directly into points for you on the offensive end. You outscored TCU off turnovers in this game 25-2. to That was the story for you at Kansas. You did it even against Baylor down in Waco. How have you been so good as we take a look at our Bank of Oklahoma play of the game? Another example here, Alondis gets the steal and the dunk on the other end. What's been the key to that defensive surge here, Coach? I think just uh, the mentality, if you will, of the guys of being a little bit more aggressive, getting up into the ball handlers a little bit more, uh, being in good position defensively to rotate maybe into a steal. I think they're... Uh, uh, their approach it continues to be one of a little bit more aggressiveness, a little bit more physical. Uh, we need uh, both those uh, qualities, and uh, guys are doing that and turning uh, some uh, turnovers into points. Is there a, a player or maybe a, a moment when you, you felt like they've bought in defensively? Because I don't know early in the year whether you were as pleased on that end of the floor as you certainly are now, but do you remember a time when you thought, all right, these guys believe now they're having fun playing defense for you. Yeah, they've, they've made progress consistently you know, you know, throughout the year. Uh, uh, but again, I think coming out of the Kansas game was the first time I felt like they, they really felt what we wanted them to, to feel, if, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, about uh, doing it together as a group of five, being in good position, supporting each other. You know, every possession defensively is huge. It's very important. And I thought you know, they felt what we wanted them to feel coming out of that ball game. And I thought improved on it uh, against TCU. So, uh, we'll, and we'll need to do that again this weekend because uh, Oklahoma State's playing great, and we've got a big challenge there. But I, I think Davion all year has done a really good job of, of setting the tone out front. I think uh, other guys have fed off of that and, and moving in, in that direction. The other stat from the TCU game that just jumped off the page was assists. Your ball movement was spectacular. You had 20 assists. That's a season high. Only turned it over yourself five times. But I know you love the ball movement. Yeah, I really did. Uh, and again, uh, you know, TCU, I think, had 16 turnovers. We had five. And when you look at it from just a number standpoint, you know, that's uh, 11 additional possessions that you get in a ball game. And anytime you can do that, uh, it's a pretty good uh, starting point. Uh, but yeah, and then, uh, you know, moving the ball, um, you know, getting it out of our hands more quickly, uh, not hanging up quite as much, really helping us get better shots and better movement. I mean, really what you're saying when you're moving the ball is, I might have a good shot, but my teammates got a better one, and that just speaks to the mentality you love to see on the court. I think coming out of this last ball game, uh, you know, we, we, we took probably uh, five shots that didn't have a chance to go in. And that, that's not a bad number, you know. Uh, you know, you're always looking to get the ball moving. You know, get get shots that you think have a chance to to go in. And uh, if you have five possessions in a ball game that uh, we go into a crowd and you're kind of throwing them, you know, off of one foot and uh, and not much chance of it going in. But uh, that uh, only happened five times in in the last ball game. And 
And uh, we continue to reduce that number every year, every game, which when you do that, you have a better chance to get back in defense. You're not, uh, you know, taking weak shots that, that, you know, begin a break going the other way for the opponent. So we need to keep improving that uh, part of the game and, uh, and their guys have. That's quite a stat. I averaged five shots a game myself <laughs> that didn't have a chance of going in. So that's pretty good for an entire team. All right, we're going to take a break and we'll talk about the Kansas game. We'll look ahead to Bedlam. But as we go to break, let's take a look back at that win over Texas Christian. You're watching Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kim Cade Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Academy Sports and Outdoors the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Riverwind, still the one. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Looks like I'm back to my ways. Victor Alonso, hand off arm. Harmon stops the shoot from the free throw line. Got some space and knocked it down. Shovels the heart. Harmon turns the corner. He'll shoot from almost the same space. Davion flips through traffic and now picks up the dribble. Hits a longest on the back door for the slam. Davion Harmon has ignited an Oklahoma 7 0 Welcome back to Sooner Sports Talk. Lon Kruger is with us, and Davion Harmon won off a career high. He scored 22 points Tuesday in the win over TCU. Coach, he's playing with tremendous aggressiveness for you right now, tremendous confidence. It looks like he's uh, maybe as confident as he's been in his Sooner career so far. Really believe you're right. Um, you know, playing really well. You know, defensively, uh, doing a great job setting the tone out front. Uh, offensively, and the other night especially, uh, being down, uh, you know, two players, he uh, played some point, he played some wing, he played some power forward, and uh, did a good job at uh, at uh, all three levels. So uh, love what Davion's doing right now, and uh, and his confidence sets that uh, be surprised if it doesn't continue. He's figured out where he likes to score from on the court, which sounds like a simple thing, but it's not all the time. But wait, that little free throw line jumper, elbow jumper, and then, of course, out behind the arc, he has become uh, pretty consistent at that for you. Yeah, he really has. And it's great to see uh, the work that he's put in on that mid-range jumper. Uh, he, he stays after practice. He gets a ton of extra shots up before. Uh, really good to see that rewarded because he's, uh, he's spent the time to improve it. All right, let's look back at the Kansas game, uh, Coach, on Saturday. Uh, I know you're not into moral victories, but you didn't have Brady, you didn't have Jalen Hill, and you guys fought your guts out. And it seemed like, and you mentioned this earlier in the show, I felt like your team found something in this game, even though they didn't find victory. No, that's exactly right. Uh, I told them afterwards uh, the disappointment is that they didn't feel the satisfaction of a win. But uh, I, I felt they... Uh, you know, did feel all the other things that we want them to feel in terms of being connected, you know, fighting like crazy uh, on every possession, 
uh, you know, just focusing, you know, for 40 minutes. I thought, you know, all that was the best we've done for 40 minutes uh, on the season. Foul trouble gave you issues for your bigs. You were thin in the middle already without Brady and Jalen. And David McCormick had a big game. You got to give him credit. He was he was really good for Kansas. He was really good, and he's been really good, you know, against everyone in the last three or four ball games, yep. especially. And uh, he's becoming a big time force in that low post. So uh, yeah, we got uh, you know foul trouble for uh, Victor and Kerr, which uh, you know made it a little bit awkward, but uh, we're able to keep one of them on the floor the entire time. And uh, then of course, uh, you know what Elijah you know, did and stepping in there and playing 38 minutes, uh, you know, shorthanded there. But I thought he battled that really hard for 40 minutes, too. Austin Reeves with the jumper here that puts OU in front with two and a half minutes to play. There's McCormick with the hook shot that volleyed Kansas back in front. This might have been the biggest shot of the game right there. That three gave Kansas a little bit of space. Sooners were able to answer and get within two on the Kirkweth follow slam but needed one more stop, and McCormick made the bucket. Kansas wins it 63-59. to Great game, hard fought. I want to ask you about Elijah Harkless. He was forced into the starting lineup without Brady being there and really has been sensational for you in both games this week. Yeah, all things considered, he's been fantastic. Uh, you know, didn't uh, get that uh, eligibility waiver until uh, middle of December. You know, hasn't had the opportunity to play a, a lot of minutes in ball games. A little bit more with each game. He's getting a little bit more comfortable with each game. But, uh, you know, being forced, if you will, into that action, uh, that number of minutes against Kansas uh, may speed along his progress. You know, hopefully that's the case. And he came back against TCU and played uh, even better. So a little foul trouble early in the TCU game. But I thought his minutes on the floor made a couple threes. Uh, you know, feels more confident uh, all the time. Yeah, he's scoring a little bit more for you every time, but it's that tenacity on the defensive end that makes him stand out. He's a guy that's aggressive on the ball. He does a great job sliding his feet uh, against the dribble. Uh, good awareness. He's a good rebounder. And again, I think uh, with more comfort, he's going to continue to be more aggressive on the defensive end. Austin Reeves, coach, is uh, kind of an easy guy to take for granted. You know, he's done such spectacular things for you that when he goes and gets 20 points and nine rebounds against Kansas, you kind of say, ho-hum, but you shouldn't. I mean, what he's doing, nobody else in the country right now is averaging 16 points, five rebounds, and five assists a game. It seems to me as this year's gone along, he's done a better and better job of just kind of letting the game come to him a little bit. He'll force a shot here or there, but he's getting better, Coach, at just kind of letting the game come to him, and even in doing that, compiling huge numbers. I thought his game against Kansas might have been uh, his most efficient performance. Uh, I thought he really controlled the game. Uh, you know, they uh, they didn't, you know, uh, get, you know, ramp up a lot of turnovers, uh, you know, transition opportunities. And I thought he got the, the team into good good action offensively. He didn't didn't have the turnovers, didn't have the four shots as a group that allows Kansas to get out in transition, which they're extremely good at, especially in uh, Allen Fieldhouse. So, yeah, I thought his performance was outstanding. And like you say, he seems more and more comfortable all the time in, uh, in repeating that. Came back with a really good performance against TCU and not necessarily big numbers, but uh, very, very sound and uh, moved the ball well. Hey, the other guy that it strikes me might benefit from this stretch here with uh, Brady and Jalen sidelined is, is Kerr Queth. You know, Kerr uh, couldn't be just Brady's sidekick. 
this week. He needed to go get points for you. He needed to be an impact player on both ends. He needed to be more aggressive offensively, and we've seen him do that, Coach. Really have. Uh, so many of our guys are are in, in a role that they haven't been in before. When you think about you know, what you say exactly, what Kerr, you know, it's not like he can just be out there and whatever happens is okay. He needs to be the difference maker defensively, offensively, every night out. And he's really put together four consecutive games in which uh, he's played really well, you know, and uh, done a great job and, uh, and expect that to continue. That three-point shot made a couple of them this week for you. It looks good, Coach. He's got a good-looking jumper. He does. You know, it's one thing to do it in practice, which he's always done. But to see him do it in a ball game, uh, it really elevates his confidence and his comfort level and expect him to not shoot a lot of threes, but to step out there when the defense is playing him a certain way and take advantage of it. What's his wingspan? Do we know? Yeah, he's 6'10", 6'11", and uh, it's probably 7'1", 7'2", which, uh, which is great. You know, he's a rim protector and – and he's really doing a good job otherwise defensively in the post, and he's a very good against ball screens. Uh, really, really has grown uh, with his game and uh, excited about what lies ahead for him. Sooners now 3-3 three and three in Big 12 play and got a big one coming up Saturday night. When we come back, we'll talk about the Bedlam showdown looming in Stillwater. You're watching Sooners Sports Talk, brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. Time for the Big 12 Report, presented by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com to learn more. Baylor 4-0 on top. They've played two fewer games than most of the conference. Texas suffered their first defeat at the hands of Texas Tech last night in Austin. There you see the Sooners tied with the Cowboys. Those two meet Saturday night in Stillwater. As we welcome back in for our final segment with Lon Kruger, Sherry Coles right around the corner. Coach, uh, we're a third of the way through conference play for your team anyway. What? How do you size up the league so far? Well, just as anticipated, uh, really, really, you know, good league. Uh, you know, Baylor, uh, Texas, uh, Kansas, been ranked in the top uh, five or six for the last uh, you know couple weeks. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, big win in the uh, Austin last night, uh, the Cowboys had a big win over Kansas uh, last weekend. Uh, it's just really tough every night out, which is what's great. Uh, the players love it. Uh, you know, fans love it. And uh, every night out, you know, you got to play extremely well to have a chance. And, uh, and you have to keep getting better because the league is such that uh, a lot of teams are getting better. And if you're not, then uh, you're falling farther behind. So it's a great challenge every week and uh, excited for our guys to experience that. 
Hey, notice he left out, folks. Coaches don't love it. <laughs> the <players laughs> maybe, maybe the coaches uh, don't, but we kind of, uh, it's kind of like with COVID, you kind of grow accustomed to it and yeah. uh, you have to deal with it and you don't think too much about it because that's the way it is. That's right. Life in the Big 12. All right, you got Oklahoma State now, Bedlam round one. Saturday night in prime time up in Stillwater. Of course, this means our first look at Cade Cunningham, expected to be perhaps the number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. Isaac likely has really improved for them. What do you think about the Cowboys this year, Coach? They're playing great. Uh, you know, Mike's done a great job again. Uh, you know, they're playing hard. They're playing with extreme confidence. Uh, they really keep pressure on you in, in transition because they get the ball out and go. They are really very active defensively, very athletic, very quick. And again, uh, like you say, with uh, Cunningham, likely other good players around those guys, but they're having outstanding years. Well, I hate it you don't have Brady for this game. He has had some great performances in Bedlam in his career, but you do get Jalen Hill back. How much does that help you? Helps a great deal. You know, just uh, another guy that can, uh, you know, get on the floor and uh, give Elijah a little little break. Uh, you know, Jalen's back with just a day or two of practice prior to, to Saturday. But, uh, you know, he'll uh, he'll be excited to be, be out there. Again, he's uh, been sitting out feeling perfectly normal, and that's really tough on him. But uh, in practice today, he was excited to be back, and the guys were excited to have him back. I wanted to ask you about Alondis Williams before we uh... – Say goodbye to you, Coach. Um, you know, he made a play or had a possession defensively in Allen Fieldhouse Saturday that was phenomenal. I think he broke up a alley-oop pass. He uh, hustled to the sideline to save it in bounds. Then he ended up almost getting a steal on the backcourt. Then he broke up another pass on the other sideline. He might have ran 200 yards in one play. But he has bought in defensively. You could tell that. And it looks like he's getting more aggressive for you offensively how do you assess his progression for you i think you uh, pretty much uh, hit it you know right on the nose with uh, that summation uh, excited for alondis uh, very very skilled very athletic and uh, playing now with a lot of confidence uh, you know treating each possession with a little bit more significance uh, defensively uh, much more comfortable uh, rebounding the ball well uh, you know putting him in position to to, to create and uh, and make plays for others, uh, which he's handling very well. So excited to see, again, his growth. You know, so many of our guys are just, their game is growing. And uh, the opportunity to play now uh, gives that uh, a chance to continue, which I'm uh, very excited about. One more highlight for you. Keller Casey got a bucket for you <laughs> on Tuesday night. And it may not seem like much, but, man, when those walk-ons walk get a chance to score, it's a big deal for you. I know, Coach. It is a big deal. It's a big deal for uh, not only them but their teammates. They know how hard they work every day in practice. And these guys are the perfect uh, scout team, if you will. And our, uh, our guys, uh, coaches, really appreciate that. And uh, don't take that for granted. I love seeing the bench reaction whenever one of those guys gets a chance to get a bucket. No well, coach, Thank you tonight for your time. We appreciate it. Good luck against the Cowboys Saturday. Then you get the Wildcats next Tuesday. Good luck to you, Coach. Thanks, Toby. Appreciate it. That's Lon Kruger. Stick around. Sherry Cole coming up next on Sooner Sports Talk. Stay with us. All used football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Homeland.
fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Dr. Tim Shannon and Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics Exclusively are proud to present the junior captain of the game and are pleased to honor these guests as they take the field with our captains. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, go to orthoexc.com. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Welcome back to Rudy's, everybody. We're talking hoops at Sooner Sports Talk, and we've had a coaching change. Please help me welcome in now Sherry Cole, everybody. Hi, Coach. Hey, Toby. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you tonight? I'm good. I heard a little smattering of two hands clapping together. They we must be smatter- near you. We got a smattering. You know, it turns out when uh, you and Lon and Lincoln aren't here, none as, not as many people are excited to come see me. So we miss you. We look forward to the days when all the coaches can be with us here. Well, you're just right over there, so I I wish we could be in the same room. Not far. Yeah, you're stone's (laughs) throw from here. Coach, uh, perfect week for you. (laughs) I like the way you look at things. We haven't played a game since we were last together uh, last Thursday. You got two games postponed due to COVID protocols. So, I mean, just take us behind the scenes. How did everything go down this week? Well, I think we were just given the very special opportunity to um, enjoy that late second win that we had in Lubbock. Uh, (laughs) It was um, the paint had barely dried, if you will, on that victory uh, when we got the news that um, that we had a positive and needed to do contact tracing and all the things that go into that. So it's um, It's just been an interesting sort of creative kind of week, trying to figure out ways for players to still get better and most importantly to stay engaged um, during this time when we can't have regular practice and we're missing out on games. And, you know, that's the bummer of it all. It it gets kind of hard to carry after a bit. Uh, You know, these kids are watching other teams play and wishing they could play and they're locked away in their isolation. So you just try to keep them um, engaged and connected and up and looking forward to the next thing as best you can. And we're getting close. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Your next game on the schedule is Tuesday at Iowa State. Is it looking promising for that? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you know, we, we live from test to test. You know how this yeah. goes. Um, but uh, everything, we should be able to have hopefully seven players at practice tomorrow, which is a huge step in the right direction. And um, then we would go to Ames, leave on Monday, play on Tuesday. You've had six games, by my count now, canceled or postponed this year because of this. And you mentioned, you know, keeping them in the right frame of mind. I'm sure it goes for the coaching staff, too. It's got to be maddening. It's got to be frustrating. Um, And, well, you tell me, what is it living through this, coaching through this? You know, trying to explain that, Toby, is a little bit like um, the guy at the free throw line at the end of the game and everybody who's watching thinks they know that what that guy might feel like, but you don't because you're not there. Uh, I, I could talk for the next 30 minutes and try to tell you guys what it feels like to be in the middle of all this, and I couldn't get you to understand because you're not here, and and that's just that's just the way it is. It it feels different inside of this, but our players are doing great, and um, I'm really really proud of them because this is a hard thing. You know, it's hard for 
quote unquote grownups, if we want to call ourselves all that, um, to deal with isolation, to deal with the lack of socialization that we're accustomed to, to have such sweeping changes in our lives for, for such an extended period of time. And we're grownups. So think back to when we were 18 to 22 yeah. when we were in school. And socialization is such a big, such an important part of becoming. They're missing out on all of that. I ache for our freshmen who really have not yet had any taste, true taste of what going to college is like. Um, they're going to get that chance. It's going to come. But in the meantime, I don't think we can discount how difficult this is. And so... Uh, our charge as as their leaders, as their as a coaching staff, our charge is to try to um, deal out hope as massively and as rapidly and as consistently as we possibly can. Uh, be creative in the things we come up with for them to do, stay in contact with them, um, try to keep them connected and remembering uh, not just what they want, but how they played. You know, that I, I had my video coordinator create a a highlight, both an offensive and a defensive highlight from the last few games that uh, I, I shoveled one of them out this afternoon uh, via text message so our players could remember how we played and remember what our team rhythm looked like and remember the big shots we hit and the correct decisions we made and uh, the nice transition baskets we had. You just want them to keep remembering that. And then I'll send that defensive video out tomorrow and we just we will continue to try to pepper them with as much motivation to continue moving forward as we possibly can. And like I said, I couldn't be more proud of them. They've done a remarkable job. You know, Maddie Williams is bouncing into the gym today and, you know, let's go guys. And I looked over and I thought this kid has spent about 35 days in isolation here and there. <laughs> Hadn't had the virus yet, but knock on wood, but has, has been in contact tracing and, and she wow. just keeps bouncing back. So um, a lot of credit to them for making a decision that they're going to behave and believe in a certain way. So uh, I'm looking at the Big 12 standings today. I think there's a team that's played three games and there's another team that's played seven so far and everybody else is smattered in between. Logistically, what's your understanding as to how this is going to work? You've had three conference games postponed. I don't know if everybody knows. I think there's a pad week there at the end. Do you have an understanding of how we're going to try to put this all back together in the backside? No, because I don't think the conference has an understanding. I, I think that's probably the most important thing for all of us who are involved in this is to have a little grace. Um, I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know that anybody does. I hear coaches talking about, well, how are they going to seed the, the Big 12 tournament? This isn't going to be fair. That's not going to be fair. Yeah, nothing's going to be fair. I mean, think about if Oklahoma State had to play three games without Natasha Mack, what would their record look like? Or Texas Tech without Vivian Gray. Or um, Oklahoma without Maddie Williams. I mean, you, you, those kinds of things on top of you've played seven, you've played three. Um, make for a very, if you want to get down to unfair, fair um, kind of playing field. It's just not going to be like it's always been. And I think that's just the, the really important rallying cry here is I've told my players, and I think we talked about this, Toby. I don't know if it was on here on the radio show in the morning, but, but if we try to think that our practice it should look and feel like it's always looked and felt, 
when we're all wearing masks and some days we're down to five, we had five for practice today, it's not going to sound like a normal practice. It's not going to feel like a normal practice. So if that's our expectation, we're going to be incredibly frustrated and irritated and it's going to be difficult to make forward progress and uh, the same is true for our league if and and this is for you know fans and media and everybody who who look at it if you look at it in as a normal quote unquote normal year there's going to be all kinds of um, frustrations and irritations and discrepancies that that you can't account for because everything is just upside down so the answer to that is when you can play you show up and play and you play to the best of your ability and if you get seated you get seated well or not well or whatever you go play you just show up on you and you play and you do the best you can and you try to remember why it was you played in the first place is there any chance you could still try to schedule a game this weekend or has that window passed well you have to have 48 hours um advance notice and that's 48 hours after players clear and we're not sure that we have our players back yet yeah. that has to be cleared so by the time that happened it would put us to a Sunday night game or a Monday game, and we play at Iowa State on Tuesday. There's just no way I yeah. see that being shoved together. All right, let's take a time out. I want to ask you about uh, some of your players when we come back. Sherry Cole is with us on Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Our opening segment with Coach Cole tonight was brought to you by McIntyre Law. McIntyre Law is the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Coach, I wanted to start this segment by asking you about Gabby Gregory, who obviously has taken a big step forward for you this year. What's been uh, the key to that for her, and what, what kind of improvement have you seen her make this year? Well, I think Gabby's ace is her confidence. I always felt like that even watching her as a high school kid. Um, and I think what she's been able to do this season has been somewhat remarkable in terms of uh, the sophomore year is often that year where you figure out what you don't know. You just recognize all those things. <laughs> and often that's, that can rock a kid's confidence, but it doesn't hers. And uh, when she doesn't, when she's not able to get the, look at her running down the court right there. She looks like she's 12. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just get, I just maybe turned 150 myself, but she looks so young in that video. But she was, uh, when she's not knocking down a three ball, she just finds another way to score. And that's, there's a, you know, kids, special players have a, have a nose for that kind of thing. Like, I'm going to contribute. If it's not going in from out here, then I'm going to take it all the way to the rack. Or if I, if I can't get loose to score, I'm going to, you know, create opportunities with my defense or, or rebounding. She's one of those kids that just finds a way to directly impact games. Taylor Robertson's a great shooter, but one of the all-time great shooters. What did you want to see her this year do in the other parts of her game better? Oh, I'm challenging the mess out of her right now. Uh, this has been a week of challenge from me to her. Uh, you're in the gym every day. Uh, granted, you're by yourself a lot until today. She's been by herself because of contact tracing, but she's in the gym. And there's a way that, that really good players have to work to become better than really good. And um, when it gets to, to conference play, everybody top locks her and follows her all over the gym. And if she's not going to work like crazy to get open, she's not going to have very many opportunities. She'll get some in transition. She'll get a few where the opponents 
um, screw up their defensive assignment, don't switch when they're supposed to, or get hit by a screen. And um, that's not going to happen very often. So if she wants to get a lot of looks, she's going to have to work like crazy to get them. And Taylor is not physically blessed. She's not a, a fast kid. She's not a, a, a super big kid. She's not uh, super strong. She's just a, she's just a normal um, kid playing college basketball who has an extraordinary skill set. And so she has to work really, really hard to get herself free to take shots. And so uh, this week I, I challenged her um, uh, I, I gave her a little, sent her a little clip off of a podcast where Jay Laranega, who who coaches at the Boston Celtics, was talking about his work with Jason Tatum and how Tatum could make nine out of ten uh, threes every day, and you go, wow, that's really really good, you know, for even an NBA guy to make nine out of ten threes, that's that's unbelievable. And Jay said, but not for Jason because that's not where his bar is. He's a better player than that. Huh. So he's got to make nine out of ten nine times. And then we'll start talking about, oh, that's really good. But for him to just step out and do that, uh, the bar is different. And so you have to learn to frame it a little differently and challenge yourself. Our uh, viewer question of the night brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors for all officially licensed Sooners gear. They want to know, how do you try to guard Iowa State's three-point barrage? You got Iowa State in Ames coming up on Tuesday night. They love to shoot the three, Coach. How do you try to defend them? You know, that's been their MO forever, as yeah. long as Bill Finley's been there, and he's been in this league longer than I have. So that's just what they do. But this year they seem to have um, more really high-percentage shooters, if that's even – uh, an appropriate way to say that it's like not even it's not just their starting five and it's not just a shooter that comes off the bench there are about nine guys who can really stroke it from three and where you get into trouble with these guys they don't break you down with their athleticism they don't really have um, anybody on their team that if you line up mano a mano and, and you're between them and the basket you can't keep them in front the problem is you try to take away that space by smashing your threshold on the perimeter. Everything's with high hands and you get yourself a little bit upright. And then now they have an advantage. You're not starting even if you're starting even, you can stay in front of them. Okay. But you don't start even because you raise up to try to take away the three and that guy getting to the basket is not the one that hurts you. It's when you help on that one and she kicks it and then she drives baseline and you drop and you take that one away and they throw a drift and you close out long and they make one more and then they score from the top of the key. So it's, it's the accumulation of all of those really skilled shooters being on the floor together and understanding spacing and understanding um, gifts and strengths of one another and understanding Bill Finley's system of how he wants to play offensive basketball. Coach, hang in there. Go get to Iowa State on Tuesday night. Keep plugging away in this weird, weird season. Thanks for hey, joining us tonight. We're going to, Toby. And I just want to say to our fans, um, Liz Scott has had surgery and she's doing great. So thank you for your prayers and continue to keep her and her family in your prayers. She will heal and be back better than ever. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. We'll see you all next week on Sooner Sports Talk. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us. A uh, blast of a show today. A little longer. Appreciate your patience in downloading it. I thought it might be easier to just send one file instead of two separate ones, but that's just total tech geek stuff. And thanks for subscribing, man. Uh, leave a comment. Leave a review. Five stars, if you would, on iTunes, if that's how you subscribe to podcast, or 
Anything you want, anything you need, you can reach out to me uh, at OU on the air or plankshow at gmail.com. Everyone have a great start to your week and enjoy Bedlam this Saturday night and Boomer Sooner. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.